Welcome to the CFC Jacks Midweek Podcast, where we discuss topics related to becoming a fully devoted, spirit-empowered Christ follower. We hope that wherever you are today, you'll be encouraged by the truths discussed in this podcast. Well, good morning. Welcome to Q&A. We're so glad you're joining us this morning. So this is your opportunity to ask questions from the sermon this morning. So Jonathan's here with us this morning and we'll be answering this question. So you'll see there's a number up on the screen um, and feel free to text them in. Or as we're going, if you come up with some other questions, feel free to text them in. Mm -hmm. Jonathan would love the opportunity to answer them. (laughs) I will try to answer. Maybe this will be a a question and response, not a... I'll try to give it an answer. (laughs) may have a response, but anyways... I really appreciate uh, your heart and vulnerability as you were teaching through Romans 8 and really a powerful moment as you quoted Mm -hmm. that scripture that you recite to yourself Mm -hmm. on a regular basis and just a great example of the power of preaching the gospel and preaching truth to ourselves. So I appreciate you doing that. I can't imagine that being easy, standing up in front of the church and being able to recite that. But it's good to, when when I, it happens almost every time, it happened Thursday night that I, I miss a part. And I think when I miss a part, part of me goes, oh, man, I messed up. But then also, I like it. Because it just, I think if people are trying to memorize it, it hopefully makes it more real. Um, but anyways, so. Yeah, I, I don't think it's a it's a, a loss. It's, it's reality. You know, right. sometimes we forget things. But um, still super powerful mm-hmm. nonetheless. Um, so we have a couple of questions. We'll go ahead and get started. And if you think of other questions, y'all are welcome to send them in. Um, so the first part when you talked about um, difficult hardships that we often think that like, whoa, this is too hard, God's absent in this. Um, the question is, could a difficult hardship be correction from the Lord? Yeah. Yeah. So Hebrews 12, the Lord uh, disciplines me. Um, but I think even in his uh, – yeah, maybe I wish I would have mentioned that. But I think even his disciplining of me is not him against me. I mean, we know he opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble, and so – I think if there's pride in my heart, then that needs to be confessed. And then there's the promise in James that he, he gives grace to the humble. So, um, yeah. So, so what was the question? Is could the Lord be against me by discipline or no? How uh, they're asking? Could a difficult hardship be oh, corrected from the Lord? So we talked about being in difficult circumstances. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I, so direct answer. Yeah, I think a difficult circumstance could be the Lord disciplining us. Um, but I think it's good to be disciplined, and it, Hebrews 12 says he disciplines those because he, he loves us. And um, um, So yeah, if I, I, I didn't mention that as one of the applications, but I think that for the person who feels uh, like they're being disciplined, I think it's maybe good to, uh, I guess some thoughts would be to, Lord, why are you disciplining me? Uh, is it, Lord, uh, Psalm 39, search my heart. Is there any unconfessed sin? Um yeah, is there something I haven't confessed to you? And and then I think the other question I would probably journal through is maybe something like, Lord, what, what are you trying to teach me? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know it's often quoted, but it's a true verse that we have to come back to. But in that, I believe Romans 8.28 is true. Have Romans 8.28, God, Lord, if you're disciplining me, you must be trying to teach me something. And then Romans 8.29, you're, you're doing something to conform me, to make me more like you, more of an instrument for you. So, um, Yeah. And even those hard circumstances, that can be an opportunity to really have gratitude yeah. for those difficult... That may take time to yeah. get to that point of gratitude, but that the Lord is using that for good, and there's this joy yeah. in knowing that nothing is a waste. Right. Even the hard is right. not wasted, because right. the Lord's using it for our good. Yeah. yeah, what's the quote we say a lot? Uh, thankfulness is the 
Oh man. Oh, thankfulness is the language of our faith. Yeah. So it's or yeah. I did. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. So even in the hard circumstance, even if it's Lord disciplining me, I, that's a thank you, Lord, because mm-hmm. you're doing something. So yeah, He's working. It's not. It's not for nothing. Yeah. Um, if God has justified us, does that mean there won't be repercussions for our sin? Um, no, I think I uh, I have a standing before Him where I am. I'm righteous. I'm. I'm. Um, like I said, I'm not guilty. I don't think I can lose my salvation. We don't think that at CFC. But I do think that because of my sin, yeah, there'll be replications in the sense of there'll be consequences for sin. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, for sure. I can't think of specific examples or, or how to unpack that more, but um, yeah. Yeah, I think of one that um, we've uh, kind of come up in Q&A before. So if there's a a difficulty in a marriage, perhaps there's unfaithfulness or lying in a marriage or something like that, that there may be forgiveness around that situation, but then there's still going to be a period of trust Mm -hmm. that has to be rebuilt in a relationship. And so that would be a repercussion of sin Mm -hmm. or a consequence of it, but that forgiveness is still there. And as a child of God, the Lord doesn't see us as guilty. Right. It's not as you're saying, not held against us, but there's there it takes time right. to heal or rebuild that trust right. as a consequence for that right. sin. Yeah. What I've learned in QA. <laughs> yeah, you should. No, that's what I remember when we started doing this QA's with Doug. It's like it was it's a time to learn. Like we learned so much. Oh, yeah. We, you know, and being in the other chair, but anyways. It's a great opportunity. Yeah. Um, so a question about God's love. Um and not being able to be separated from God's love. If we can't be separated from God's love, what does what does this look like practically day to day? So I guess they're asking, what does God's love look like practically day to day? Um, it doesn't seem like, it, sorry, it does. It seems like he's distant or doesn't hear my prayers. How is silence love? So there's kind of two questions there. So what does God's look like practically on a day to day basis? And then if he, it seems like God's silent mm-hmm. in answering my prayer, how is that love? Yeah, so first question, um, what does his love look like on a practical um, – uh, yeah, I'm trying to think. Uh, um, yeah, what is – I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't have a great answer for that. Um, I think I keep coming back to, uh, maybe it's just for me personally, but I think his love practically looks like when I read my Bible and um, and sin is exposed. I think he lo- because he loves me, he wants to change me and doesn't want me to stay how I am, and he wants to change my heart. So I think that um, I think that's the way that he, he practically loves me. I think he loves me by the story I demonstrated on the dock of journaling, like of, of speaking to me, speaking through promises I've memorized. I think those are ways he, he loves me. I think he, um, maybe some other thoughts here, I think he shows love by or, or through people. Um, mm-hmm. I think like when we pray together as a staff, there's been moments where, whether it's the way that, that Doug or Tony or Ryan or Bill has prayed or that I kind of get a sense of like, man, I feel like the Lord's really loving me well specifically through this person hmm. or when I get a random note from someone or an or an encouraging text from a student like a, a student texted me the other day just totally out of the blue I think those are reminders of like God you really do love me well um, I think he loves me well through through Allison and the ways that she encourages and um, um, so those would be a few things that come to mind 
Um, and then what was the second part of the question? Uh, second part, it doesn't seem, or it seems like he's distant or doesn't hear my prayers. How is silence love? Yeah. Yeah. Um, how is silence love? Because if he loved me, he would be speaking. And because he's not speaking, that must mean he doesn't love me. That's what, I, yeah, that would be what I right. was talking about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. That's what I'm just trying to. Yep. Um, uh, yeah, what would I say to that? Um, yeah, I don't know I have a, if I have a great response to that. Um, I, uh, I think, um, I think, I, I mean, this is where I would probably go back to the Psalms where I would say, okay, it, it may appear that he's silent mm-hmm. right now. But I would probably ask myself, has he always been silent? And then I would go, no, he hasn't always been silent. Uh, he, he does speak. He speaks to me through his word. He speaks to me through others. And so I, I, if I was in that situation, which obviously I have been, I would probably want to go back through the means of journaling to just go, even if it's like pulling out journals from the past, and I would want to remind myself in the present of how he has loved me well and has been a speaking God, not a silent God in the past. Um, you yeah. said it mentioned go. Psalms. Yeah, Psalms. I, I feel like I always go there, so I'm trying to think. Maybe there's. But that's know, a but, very practical application yeah. here when you hear the psalmist, right? How long, oh Lord? Yeah. How long? And he's lamenting yeah. and just like, what is going on? Why are you not responding? Like, yeah. I am in danger, and here's what's going on. And then you see that progression of trust through right. that writing. Mm-hmm. It's really powerful. I think right. Psalms is a great application there. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That it may appear that he's silent, but. Because of his love for me, I can ask him hard questions. So, yeah. I did have another thought with that question. It's like, mm-hmm. if I feel like he's silent, I think the worst thing to do is to isolate myself um, mm-hmm. from other believers. So if I, if I genuinely am at a spot, which I have been, and I feel like he's silent, I would then want to call up some friends and say, tell me, how is he speaking to you? Um, and I think that could be a way, I think it'd be a huge encouragement. And then also just for, for them to come alongside and, you know, and pray for me. Mm. So uh, I think that's a great encouragement. Yeah. It's really easy just to, um, close inward. Yeah. Turn inward. Not talk to people and that's not good. Mm, For sure. Um, question here about one of the hymns you referenced. So what was the first hymn you referenced before it is well? Yeah. It's before the throne of God. Before the throne of God. Um. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that when Satan tempts me to despair, it was. Um, I was on a uh, at CIU. We were on a Res Life retreat, and I was with uh, a friend Will, and we were sitting out on the dock or the back balcony. I still remember. I was telling him the other day, and we we're sitting out on the balcony, and we were talking about songs that we like. I had never heard the song before, and Will said, uh, "Man, my favorite song is when Satan tempts me to despair," and he just goes off and starts quoting it. And I actually had never had never heard the song, never sung the song, but just by hearing him talk about it, I was like, okay, I want to I want to listen to that song. And then I think it was a few weeks later we we played it in chapel, and like a bunch of us were like, you know, singing all singing loud. And then it went on to uh, on the hall. We would as guys we would sing that song. Uh, and I mean that was like I don't know 2011. So all these years later, it's a song that we both come back to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think what has been an encouragement to me is not just to sing the song. Or to say the song, but to get to that part where it says, "With Satan tempts me to despair, tells me to get with him," is to then pause and to be like, 
what what am I tempted to do? And it's, oh, I look at myself or I compare mm-hmm. myself to other people. But those are all wrong responses. The right response is to, is to look upward to what Christ has done for me. And um, I think as we've sung that song, it doesn't, the feelings don't always like follow. It doesn't mean we're like totally joyful all the time, but it's a song to declare that, you know, um, what's true. And I think sometimes it's easy to think, I, will only, I can only declare songs that are true if my life has matched up to that. Like, like how can I sing this song if I haven't lived that if way? If I haven't experienced that, yeah. Right. And I think the other day, like Allison was like, no, she was reminding me, she's like, no, you sing these songs because they're true and they're true about what another has done, what Christ has done. These, these songs aren't about you and what you have done. And so you can, de- you can declare them and sing them um, because they're true. So it's a good reminder. Sorry, you got me on a tangent there. I could go on and on talking about <laughs> before the throne, but but it is. It's it's truth um, to be repeated to ourselves, mm-hmm. just as you had talked about Romans eight. Some for some of us that might be also help through repeating songs, and that's a great yeah. great way to also learn things and memorize things is yeah. through songs. Anyway, is there a song that you repeat, not to put you on the spot, but um. So for our kids, something I used to sing over them every night was How Great Thou Art. That oh, that's a good That I remember growing hymn. up. It's a very old hymn, yeah. but just beautiful scripture. And it was, my desire was to really just speak the gospel over yeah, my good. kids. Um, so that was a song that yeah. was a big one for me. Yeah, that's good. That's an old hymn. It's a very old hymn. That's a good one. Yeah, it's beautiful. Um, anything else you would want to add, or maybe you didn't have time to fit in this morning that you would want to end with this morning? Uh, no, not that I can think of. Um, no, okay. I, I, I wish I had more time, um, to, to try to speak to the unbeliever, but I mean, the passage was for the believer, but I, at the very end of the message, I was like, oh man, I wish I had some more minutes to talk to the unbeliever. Um, because it, someone came up to me Thursday night and they said, you're right, Jay Monk, this is an encouraging passage for the believer but it's not for the unbeliever. Mm-hmm. And so there is an, a- an aspect of that that is true. And so I, I think I, I don't know, maybe if I could redo the message, it would, it would be to try to speak more to the unbeliever. But uh, at the same time, it, the passage was talking to the believer. But And what would you say to an unbeliever? Uh, I don't know. I think I wanted to talk just more about my own story, which I kind of did at the beginning, but just like, man, I was so far from the Lord and finding life and things that I actually thought would bring happiness, you know, mm-hmm. money and, um, and, and, and things like that. But, um, yeah, I maybe telling my own story as a way to, uh, to try to make a personal connection with them. Um, yeah. So it sounds like part of that story, like yeah. you're saying that you were looking for your identity or your hope and all these other things, right. but, but that wasn't I, it. I found it in Christ. Yeah. And I think like for the unbeliever, it's like, if they beat themselves up and they're telling themselves every day they're a failure, like they have no defense. And I think that's sad to be like, what, what, what do you tell yourself when you fail and fail and fail again? If you're not in Christ, like, you, like you're just going to try harder. There's more self-effort. You're going to get it right. You're going to d- develop some sort of an improvement plan. But I think like, I think that's sad. But f- so for the unbeliever to see that if, if they put their trust in Christ and the accusations and the charges may still come, and they still may beat themselves up, but there's a there are there's a greater truth for them to declare. And I I would want the unbeliever to know that and to experience that. So yeah. maybe I'll, maybe I'll try to add it second hour here. <laughs> 
And what's so powerful about that is there's nothing we have to do to clean ourselves up before coming to Christ. Right. We don't have to fix anything about us. Christ right. did that. He right. did all of that. Right. There's nothing we have to do. So if anyone's out there listening and you're thinking, man, I'm in that spot. I'm seeking my identity elsewhere. Like, I, I don't have this assurance. Yeah. Seek scripture. Reach out. We'll be happy to have a phone call, an email, whatever yeah. with you to, to help answer those questions you may have. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, thanks so much. Yeah, this is for, fun. This Good is to be back. So great to have you in q and I really yeah. appreciate you teaching this morning. Hope you guys have a fantastic yep. afternoon. See ya. Thanks for listening to this episode of the CFC Jacks podcast. Be sure to watch as we release new teachings weekly, along with additional content during the week. If you'd like more information about our church, please visit us at www.cfcjacks.com. Thanks for listening.